Welcome to Equipping the Body. I'm Dr. Brad Starnes, and today we're going to continue our walk through 1 Peter, and we find ourselves still in chapter 1 and arriving at verse 22, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Now, the subject of our text today is of the utmost importance because it gives us the matter of our salvation, which is the most important question, question excuse me, that we can ever answer. Am I saved? How do I know that I am saved? In that, we have to ask a question as it relates to the gospel. To do this, we have to understand the nature of the gospel. The gospel is not an offer, nor is it a suggestion. It is a command. Repent, for the kingdom is at hand. Jesus is the king, and the gospel is his command. Paul said that God commands men everywhere to repent. What Paul said, that is the gospel. Jesus preached to the lost, repent for the kingdom is at hand. John the Baptist preached, repent, that is a command. He didn't ask them to repent, he commanded them. Commands can either be obeyed or disobeyed. There is no third option. So now in relation to our question, we can summarize it in this way. What is the evidence of obedience to the gospel's command. How do I know I've obeyed the command? Well, Jesus gave the answer in John chapter 13. Jesus told his disciples in John 13, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if, always pay attention to if, that's conditional. If you have love one for another, John 13, 34 through 35. And so the subject today is the evidence of obedience to the gospel is our love for our fellow Christians. Now, 1 Peter 1, 22 through 23 says this, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit, that is the gospel, the gospel truth, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And so the first thing we must realize is the subject of our text. That's also the first point. The evidence of obedience to the gospel's command is our love for one another. This isn't our love for the lost. We should love the lost, but that's not the matter of Peter's text today. The matter of Peter's text today is the love a Christian has for another Christian. Peter begins with a statement of fact regarding believers. He said, since you have, past tense, purified your souls in obeying the truth of the Spirit, he's speaking of those who are truly converted, not to those who simply profess faith, but to those who truly possess faith. They have purified their souls. How so? said, by obeying the truth. The gospel is the truth. It's to be obeyed or disobeyed. It's not an offer. Get sick of hearing the Armenian crowd. Oh, it's the well-intended offer. The gospel is not an offer. Jesus didn't suggest that people repent. Jesus doesn't offer eternal life in that sense. He commands men everywhere to repent. It's repent or perish. He said, that's strong words, Dr. Starnes. Well, I'm not the one who spoke them. Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise 
perish. They have purified their souls by obeying the truth. Now, what is the truth? Truth in general, such as two plus two equals four, the sky is blue? No. Specific truth in relation to God, that is the gospel, the truth of God. They have obeyed not just a concept, but a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In doing so, one is purified from sin. But exactly how does this happen? Now, if we were to stop our reading right there, it would seem to be a matter of human will or effort. Yet nothing could be farther from the truth. He says, through the Spirit through the Spirit, since you have purified your souls and obeying the truth, through the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. No man can be saved except the Holy Spirit draws him. Jesus said himself, no man can come unto me except my Father which sent me draws him. How does he do this? By the work of the Holy Spirit. As we've already seen in Peter's letter, the Holy Spirit draws men to Christ by convicting them of their sin and by revealing to them the truth of who Christ is, that Christ is God and that Christ is Savior. Now to our original question, how do I know this has happened? Well, pastor, I think I've obeyed the gospel. I believe I've repented my sin. How, how do I know? How can I know? Well, Peter agrees with Jesus and gives the answer. In sincere love of the brethren. It is by our love for the brethren, not the lost, we should love the lost, but again, that's not what is at play here. It's our love for our fellow Christians that serves as evidence of our obedience to the gospel. And we must ask ourselves, as with any doctrine, does this fit within the confines of the entire testimony of Scripture? As I've said many times, the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible itself. So is what I am suggesting that Peter is saying, does that fit not only what Peter said, but what Jesus said and what the rest of the Bible says? Well, it absolutely does, because it matches the teachings of John. In 1 John 3, 14, it says this, we know that we have passed from death to life, spiritual that is, we've been saved, we've been given new life, because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. And so in John's writing, in 1 John 3, 14, we see that Peter's point is supported with the rest of Scripture because Jesus said it, Peter said it, and John said it. And you could even argue that Paul said it in not so many ways. So the point is, when we come to a doctrine in the Bible, this is careful exegesis, and we come to a conclusion, interpretation, we have to compare it with the rest of the Bible because the Bible interprets the Bible. Now, how does this apply in our lives? It applies by observation. When you love someone, you not only refrain from harming them, but you have a desire to spend time with them. I like spending time with my wife and kids because I love them. Their presence brings me joy. Now consider when the saints gather at the Lord's house on the Lord's day, it ought to bring joy into the heart of a believer to be with family because you love your family. But if you find church to be a chore and you don't really care to be around the people there, that means you don't love your brethren. And if you don't love the church, you don't love the Christ. That's Peter's point. That's John's point. He said, if we do not love our brethren, 
we're in death. We're still lost. He who does not love his brother abides in death. 1 John 3, 14b. And so that's the point. The evidence of obedience to the gospel is love for the brethren. Now let's go a little bit further because you could say, well, I love you guys. Let's go home. But that's not what love is. Love is not only to be said, but it's to be shown. So Peter continues, love one another fervently with a pure heart. So the nature of this evidence is a fervent love from a pure heart. The nature of this love, it's fervent. The word fervently comes from a Greek word that means intensely, fervently, earnestly. It also comes from that word, comes from a root word, which means to stretch out the hand. So now we're getting somewhere. To reach out the hand to another brother or sister in Christ in need with support, prayer, even physical needs if necessary, that proves that the love is sincere and with a pure heart because it's proved not only by words but by action. John, this won't surprise you, said the exact same thing Peter said because he said in 1 John 3, 17, but whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Well, I can answer the question. It doesn't. And so to simply say, well, I love my fellow Christians. John says, not so fast. Peter says, really? Fervently with a sincere heart. And John says, well, if you do, you'll be willing to stretch out the hand, as the Greek word implies. So that's a very practical application a member of your congregation or any Christian loses his job or has a sickness unto death, he should not go hungry. You say, Pastor, you really believe it's up to the rest of the members of the local church to step in and maybe provide meals and clothing? And Absolutely, absolutely it is. Absolutely, that's true love. Love gives. For God so loved the world that he gave. When you love, you give. And so Peter says, don't just tell them you love the brethren, but do so fervently and from a pure heart. Do you love the brethren fervently and with a pure heart? Now, lastly, we see the disposition of this evidence of love is from a pure heart. So how are these things done? Are they done out of duty or out of compulsion? Not at all, but of a free will. Jesus did not die for us because he had to. He died for us because he wanted to. So consider the next phrase of the text, with a pure heart. When you love the brethren, it should not be with an ulterior motive or another agenda. Well, I'm going to help you, but I'm never going to let you forget it. We've all heard the old saying, oh, so-and-so would give you the shirt off his back. Yeah, and he won't ever let you forget it either. That's not what Peter has in mind. We love with a pure heart. We give with no strings attached. We are to love our brothers and sisters in Christ fervently from a pure heart, even when they don't merit it, according to our opinion. Because, ladies and gentlemen, remember what Jesus said, and I read it to you earlier. He told his disciples to love each other as I have loved you. Well, how does Jesus love the disciples? We wash their feet. He died on a cross for him. John speaks of that too, that we ought to be willing to lay down our lives for the brethren. We ought to be willing to wash the feet of the brethren, to serve 
the brethren. So if you have no desire to serve each other in your local church, and that can take uh, form in many ways, whether it's serving in the nursery or helping the youth or singing in the choir or helping clean up or serving on the missions committee or whatever. All of these are ways you show love for the brethren and love for Christ. And see, that's what's really at issue here. If you say you love Christ, but you don't prove it by loving the brethren, you're a liar. That's what 1 John said. He says, how can you love God whom you have not seen and hate your brother whom you have seen? See, John and Peter, they're on the same page. Of course, it makes sense. Peter, James, and John were the inner circle of Jesus Christ. And also, these statements I'm pulling from John and from Peter were basically summarized by Jesus himself in John 13. And so any way you cut the pie, you get the same answer. Love God, love your brother. Remember what Jesus said the greatest commandment was? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. The second is likened to it to love your neighbor as yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you don't love the church, you don't love Christ. I preached a funeral with a friend of mine one time. He pastors a church nearby here, and he made a statement. I'll never forget it. He said, if you love Christ, you'll love his bride. You see, that, that makes me worry about some individuals I know because they have, they have no concern. So don't even go to a local church, not even involved in a church. They're openly living in disobedience to God's command to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. They clearly hate the bride because when you love somebody, you want to spend time with them. And yet they believe and are convinced that they love God. Well, they may love a God of their own imagination, but it's not the God of the Bible. You love Christ, you love the church. Why? Because Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. It's manifested in local churches. I remind people and they say, well, you know, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Well, then why did Paul spend so much time writing letters to local churches, to the church at Rome, to the church at Ephesus, to the church at Galatia, to the church at Philippi, to the church at Corinth? Jesus spoke to the seven churches in Asia Minor. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't love your brothers and sisters in Christ, and you don't see the evidence by serving them, you don't even know who Christ is. So how do I know I've obeyed the gospel? How do I know I'm saved? If there's a fervent, earnest love for each other from a pure heart. Actions speak louder than words. And so you look at this evidence of obedience to the gospel and you ask yourself, do I love my brothers and sisters in Christ? Do I serve my brothers and sisters in Christ? Am I an active, involved member in a local church? If you're saved, you don't have a choice. You have to be. Why? Because Christ said so. And so again, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again. Well, if you love each other with a pure heart fervently, then you have been born again. If you do not, 
then we would have to say the opposite is true. You've never been born again. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you love Christ, you will love the church, and that will be proven by your involvement and devotion to a Bible-believing local church. The evidence of obedience to the gospel is our love for one another. And I hope you'll keep studying the book of Peter, and I hope you will continue to listen to the podcast. And if you'd like to support us and help keep us on the air, you can do so by following the link, however you're listening to us, to our Buzzsprout page or our Buy Me a Coffee page. We do everything through Buy Me a Coffee. And for just $5, you can support this ministry in a one-time gift. Or for $7 a month, you can be a cross-bearer and help keep us on the air. We do have fees that we incur from Buzzsprout as they host our podcast. And I would encourage you, these studies have been a blessing to your life. And if you're able, we would be very grateful for your support. God bless you. Until next time.